1: Solar Star Lodge, Number 14, in Bath, Maine, bringing to you Volume 49, Number 6, June 1971, The Significance of a Hand, by the Reverend Brother Eugene G. Beckman, Grand Chaplain of the Grand Lodge of South Carolina, The Significance of a Hand. Text. The Lord said unto Moses, What is that in thine hand? Exodus, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 and 17. The human hand is one of the greatest things God created. Webster's Dictionary defines a hand as the terminal part of the arm when, as in man and the apes, it is specially modified as a grasping organ. That may be a good definition according to Webster, but it doesn't satisfy me. To me, the hand is more than a grasping organ. It is a wonderful part of the human body, filled with unlimited possibilities. Merely to describe the human hand and to give a record of its achievements would require volumes. I sat in my living room before an open fire and watched the launching of Apollo 14. As I saw that gigantic, intricate machine leave this earth to go to the moon, the thought came to me that this wonderful machine was made by human hands. Recently. I saw some pictures of rugs made by the Navajo Indians of Arizona. They are beautiful things and are very expensive. The largest one ever made measures 24 by 36 feet. It took four weavers four years to make this rug. It sold for $1,900. Today it is valued at $25,000. The thing that impressed me about this rug was that it was made by human hands. I had an uncle and aunt who lived on a farm a few miles from my hometown. I used to visit them when I was a boy. One day, I went to their home and found only my aunt at home. I asked, where is Uncle Thomas? She said, he has gone to get the hands. Some people would not have understood what she said, but I did. He had gone to get a truckload of men and women to help gather his crops. Cabbage, string beans, and cucumbers. In that day, those things were harvested by hand. That is one of the definitions of hand in the dictionary, one employed at manual labor. The hand is mentioned many times in the Bible. My concordance has six pages, three columns to the page, and fine print on hand or hands. This shows the importance and significance of the hand. The Bible is a reference book of God's eternal questioning of man. Adam, where art thou? Cain, where is Abel thy brother? Abraham, shall I spare this great city? And in our scripture lesson, we have a question that determined the beginning of our civilization. When God called a man to begin a new dynasty, he asked him a simple question. Moses, what is that in thine hand? God had called Moses to go back to Egypt and lead the children of Israel out of bondage. Moses didn't want to go, and said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? O my Lord, I am not eloquent, I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. But God said to Moses, What is that in thine hand? How often man has to depend upon his hands, rather than upon his eloquence to reveal his emotions, and to accomplish things. Hands have been lifted in prayer, clasped in a bargain, folded in sleep. To wash one's hands was a sign of innocence. During the trial of Jesus, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. To pour water over the hands was to be free of responsibility. If we are to interpret the text from Exodus, all right, we must see a remarkable man, miraculously delivered at birth when his mother hid him by the riverside, adopted into the royal palace, educated as a prince, and endowed with gifts above the average. Then, because of his reckless defense of a maltreated Hebrew slave, he had to flee the country and live the simple life of a shepherd in Midian. One day he was awakened from this simple pastoral life by the voice of God. Moses, what is in thine hand? It was only a shepherd's rod, cut from the trees. It was his badge of office, but it had very little value. If he leaned upon it, it would bend and break. But this simple thing in his hand became a symbol of power. To some people, this is just a fairy tale, another fanciful legend from the past. I believe it was a real experience, a certain day of the life of Moses, when he was sure of God's presence to help him live through the rest of his life and to use what was in his hand to serve others. Is not this the assurance we all long for? Life is so big and complex, and what we achieve is so small. We want to do something worthwhile, but often we are checked at every turn, and we succumb to ordinariness. More people give up through discouragement than for any other cause. If only the little we possess could become much. If only we could believe that life held out some possibility. When the mother of Abraham Lincoln called her unpromising son to the log cabin where illness threatened her life, she reminded him of the crushing poverty and hardships of the past and whispered, Abe, be somebody. With little in his hands, he did become somebody, President of the United States, and he continues to grow in stature every year. Mere existence is mockery of true living. All of us have some gift, some talent, some resource in our hands. People are not usually born great. Greatness is an achievement. The qualities that make our living worthwhile are not poured in from the outside. One of the most famous actors the world has ever seen was a failure when he started out. He could not speak directly or walk gracefully on the stage and, Like most of us, he did not know what to do with his hands. But by hard work, he overcame his weaknesses and became a great actor. Look at life, and you will be surprised to find that out of so little, some men have made so much. David, a shepherd lad with a stout heart and a sling in his hand, became Israel's greatest king. An unknown person with charity in his heart and a cup of cold water in his hand earned the master's praise. And Moses, whose life had been a failure for 80 years, was awakened to a new attitude toward life as he held a crude shepherd's rod in his hand. God said to him, Thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, and with it thou shalt do signs. And what he did with that rod is history. Here, then, is the beginning of faith, the awakening of our hearts to God, the belief that lives that have been mediocre can be transformed. Some talent slumbering in our hand can be awakened and can change the common things of life. Those of us who have been aware of inertia deadening our life like a dose of morphine can rediscover the divine discontent within ourselves, then transform, can look upon the world as our home and apply our talent or talents. One day Jesus went into the desert to get away from the multitude, but they followed him on foot. Five thousand men followed him with every intent to make him their king on their own terms. For three days they waited for the battle cry that would send them against the Roman army of occupation. But that cry never came. They were faint and hungry. But where could food be found to feed so many in the desert? There was a little boy in the crowd, and he had a lunch in his hand that his mother had prepared for him. Five loaves or biscuits, and two small fish. He gave what was in his hand to the master. The master accepted his gift, blessed it, and fed over 5,000 people. With so little, he made so much. Here's the lead we seek. Why don't we put our small gifts into his hands? All of us have something in our hands, yet often the hand is folded and idle when it might be doing beautiful things, perhaps painting a picture that would charm the world perhaps doing a kindness that would bring gladness to some poor heart, perhaps visiting the sick and suffering in the hospital and winning the master's commendation. How often this wonderful power of sympathy lies sleeping in our hearts, when it might be fully awake, adding strength to human weakness, giving courage to someone on life's battlefield, making struggling hearts brave again and inspiring them to victory. There is no limit to what a man can do with his hands. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, It is faith in something and enthusiasm for something that makes life worth living. It is my conviction that it is faith in masonry and enthusiasm for masonry that keeps masonry living today. But I must admit it is the faith and enthusiasm of only a small number of masons. What would happen if every mason manifested this faith and enthusiasm? Every mason has something in his hand to contribute to masonry. With your hand, you can sign a petition of one seeking the light of masonry. With your hand, you can sign a petition recommending a man to your lodge. With your hand, you can prepare a meal for the refreshment of your brethren. With your hand, you can greet a brother when he attends lodge meeting. With your hand, you can help a brother in need. Touch is a universal language. Touch also is an instrument of love. With your hand, you can help build a Masonic temple. When we were building our temple at Eastover, I was amazed at what one brother could do with his hands. When the heating and cooling system was being installed, the ducts had to fit perfectly. This brother was left-handed, but with his left hand, he cut the metal for those ducts, and each one fit perfectly. A Swiss vase was once put up for sale at an auction. It was a rare antique. No history of it was given, but the vase was so exquisite in its beauty and so surely genuine that it brought a great price. Yet this rare thing of beauty was once a mere lump of clay and a few moist colors in a man's hand. Its value was in the toil and skill of the artist who shaped and fashioned it with delicate patience. He did his best, and his vase remains as a witness to his devotion and faithfulness. What is that in your hands, Brother Masons? Whatever it is, no matter how small, can be put into God's hands to be enriched, blessed, and used. Whatever it is can be used to strengthen our great fraternity. The future of Masonry is in your hands. So let our lips and lives express the truths of Masonry we profess always remembering that the best argument for masonry is a good mason. May we be faithful in using whatever is in our hands that future generations may enjoy what we enjoy. May we never betray our trust.
0: This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, and this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast